Welcome everyone to Queued Up with Ziz and Pam, where we're having powerful conversations that question what it means to be educated in the 21st century. So Pam, we're back at this another week and I gotta tell you, I really love that Dr. Shafali quote. It was, you don't fix your child, you create the conditions for them to rise. Absolutely. Yeah, um, well, tell me, <laughs> I mean, well, that's right in your wheelhouse. Yes, it is in my wheelhouse because I'm a total believer. I, matter of fact, I love her book, The Conscious Parent, where she talks about how our children are here to teach us. And I will say that for myself, learning to be a um, learner rather than a teacher was such a relief. And so, Anyway, so I am um, a believer that we cannot mold or shape our children. They are not pieces of clay. They're not canvases to draw upon. They are their own unique and individual human beings. And that it is our job as parents to figure out how to create the conditions that allow that unique human being to develop into the best version that they can be based on what their interests are, based on who they are as a, as a person, based on what their circumstances are. How do we create as the conditions that allow them to flourish? Now, Pam, yeah, I got to tell you, I'm sure some parents are like, what are you telling me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like we, you know, and, and actually it's interesting because like, if I think back to, you know, to my own childhood and hmm, it's, it's an interesting thought. I'm still thinking about it. I, I do, I don't disagree with it, but it's just like, whoa, hold on. Create the conditions that support, actually create the conditions for the child to really flourish. Yes. Yes. That a, means that we don't impose upon them in this goes to our standardized school system that decides this culture of sameness, that everybody has to be exactly the same. Now the thought was uh, college for all, same education for all, creates the ability for everyone to achieve the same thing, but it has not done that. It's never actually worked, no matter what kind of system has involved that for all, because it, involve, it really requires the individuals who make up the sum of the parts. So what a crazy and sad world. I remember I was telling my daughter uh, about this uh, blog I was writing about the culture of sameness and how all these kids at the same age, the same time, the same environment, the same subject have to do the same thing. And she just looked at me and she goes, mom, that's a terrible world, you know, to not have different kinds of people. So for the fabric of a society, we need everyone. And as we talked about in one of our previous segments, you know, we're seeing that in our economy today, yeah. that we need every type of person. We need the caregivers, we need the carpenters, we need the nurses, we need the grocery store clerks. We need all of these types of people to contribute to society at any given time. Now, do I want someone to have a career as a grocery store clerk? No, I would want them to have other opportunities, but is it appropriate to say, hey, as a starter job, go be a grocery store clerk? Absolutely. 
how are we devaluing some things and uh, saying that other things are more important? We still have this old paradigm that we have a blue collar and a white collar economy. And that is not true. Do you really think that paradigm still exists? I mean, people really consciously think about that or are they really in this position of like, they're just trying to survive? Like some people <laughs> I think are, some people are really, they're doing much better than surviving. And then some are like, I'm just trying to get through the week. Well, I think that's day. just that. I think that we have turned over so much to uh, institutional systems to take care of it for us. I mean, and this is true at the corporate level. We, we want certainty in an uncertain world. So we want the school to educate our children. We want corporations to provide us soup to nuts with uh, benefits, secure job. And we think that that's just what's going to make us happy, right? That's going to give us a successful life. But we're finding, of course, that that's not, not true because we're missing that component of what matters and is meaningful to each one of us. And so I think that survival has definitely, we've been re reacting to this change in the economy, not realizing that it's happening as we're having to scramble and adapt and get, look at scarcity like, oh my gosh, everybody has to go to college to get a good job. And if they don't go to college and college is so expensive and we've got to start them in preschool to get them there and not even looking at the fact that that is not what's happening and the outcomes are not there and the sacrifice these poor children have had this historians will not be kind to us they're <laughs> going to look at our generation of parents and go whoa i mean it's like when they put the uh those uh bent the foot you know in in uh, china to put the they thought that was really breaking the the foot to put these women in these shoes that that was the norm or when we did forty thousand lobotomies because we thought that was how you cured uh, mental illness. I mean, we have done some things in this time period of yeah. hyper parenting and this education, you know, shoving kids on a conveyor belt of education and letting that machine eat them alive. And we're all feeding the machines. Everybody's feeding this machine. We just don't want to acknowledge we're feeding the machine. We want to blame the teachers. Teachers want to blame the parents. Everyone is feeding this machine. And guess who is the one who's having to pay the highest price, the child. Yeah, yeah. So let's, you know, I got a, I got a, <clears throat> I got a phone call yesterday. What a concept, right? An actual phone call. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm telling you at the time, I mean, it was just a welcome call because it was from two uh, college mates. Uh, one who played soccer and also had a professional career playing soccer. He's currently an athletic director at a private school uh, a friend's school in uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, and his wife and I, um, you know, through the years have remained in touch and he and I have gotten to be closer. And they both called me yesterday and they were like, oh my God, segment two was awesome. And, and the point that he really, really loved, his name is Steve Powers. The point that he really loved was about the multi-generational point that you made in our last segment. And it took him back to the conversation he used to have with his grandfather. And he, he, he just said his grandfather would share these unbelievably great stories. And as he thought back, he's like, wow, they really helped to shape me. So that particular piece and what you've talked about and, and what we've been discussing and how 
we really need everyone together um, is so important and it's critical. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we're building um, homes for, for parents and adults. I mean, in this particular culture, I mean, not every culture does that, but for whatever reason, America has decided to go in this direction. And, and consequently, we've taken away that piece that could be helping to share these unbelievable stories with, with the younger generation. Yes, and I think that uh, we had both talked about before David Brooks' piece in The Atlantic called The Nuclear Family was a mistake, that yes. this issue of isolating down to just this very, very small component of individuals um, has been uh, something that has been detrimental to the health and well-being of our society at all levels. Yeah. And I think that this uh, opportunity that we have now, actually, I look at this pandemic, and we have uh, been able to start moving away from our silos to creating that infrastructure, whether it be next door, whether it be Zoom connections, whether it be all these different things, but somehow equating education with a classroom as being the be all end all has been really, really a false narrative that we have um, allowed, we have all contributed and allowed, say, oh, send our kids to school and we'll plug them in and they'll come out the other end, this happy and successful person. Again, we can't do that to a human being. A human right. being is not a robot. They are not a widget. They cannot be molded, shaped, and spit out the other end. There's a sociologist uh, that Viktor Frankl used to like to quote, William Irwin Thompson, I believe. He said, when you treat human beings like tables and chairs, you know, that, that will devalue them, or this is, I'm paraphrasing, to the point they will want to commit suicide because it takes away the essence of who they are. Because, and we've done this, we've, we've, we've defined the value of them as being an external output, whether it be a grade, whether it be an award, whether it be a test score, whether it be a salary, whether it be a degree, so that they're constantly measuring against an external output and always not measuring up in some way, shape or form. And that is what causes that shame and this distress in, um, in our culture, our society. So for whatever reason, <laughs> the, the, um, the example you just shared took me to Google and actually Daniel Pink's book, Drive, Yes. And in his book, he talks about one of the things that we want is to belong. And if I also remember correctly, he also talked about how Google, you know, the corporation that we all know, and they at some point in time designed some time for their employees just to work on a project that they wanted to work on. Mm -hmm. Autonomy, mm -hmm. giving them autonomy. Another important point for all of us to have a need and love. So in doing so, that's how Gmail came about. So it's, it's unbelievable, like you're saying, when we give individuals autonomy, we help them to belong, unbelievable things happen. You know, Duncan Wardle, he loves to talk about this. He says, how many ideas happen when you're sitting in your office? You know, he, he pulls the audience, of course, they'll say shower on a walk and Google decided to jump on that because they have the, I think it's called the 20% rule, one day yep. a week do whatever you want to do. Yeah. They actually, Microsoft, 
when they did that experiment in Japan to go to a four day work week and productivity increased like 40% or something crazy like that. And they were like, whoa. So trapping us to certain environments, assuming that becomes productive, has yeah. been not productive. And in fact, it has uh, led to a lot of distress, which is manifesting itself in, in what uh, Viktor Frankl called that existential vacuum that led to aggression, depression, and addiction. We either numb ourselves, we get depressed, we get aggressive and angry and mad, and because we aren't valued. And we require our kids to fit in to our expectations, the school's definition of what is successful, not be who they are. You, you just jumped into something, because literally yesterday I asked a question on my Instagram page, and um, the question was basically, what is success? And a couple of students responded. Uh, one particular high school student said, success to me is measured by opportunity. Successful people are presented with not always more opportunity, but the right opportunities which cause them to excel in life. And that was from a 10th grader. Wow. <laughs> yes, and a very insightful 10th grader that again goes to each person is unique the situations that you're presented with are unique to you and how you choose to respond. This goes to freedom, freedom of choice, but we have to be aware of these different moments and that we have to teach our children that it's their responsibility to respond to the moment. Right. Okay. Not right. look to someone to tell them, Hey, here's the, here's the moment. You know, we've trained dependency. Well, I mean, just going back to the, the post that I shared on Instagram, because essentially it was a gentleman who, um, uh, Stephen Bartlett, he said, from age zero to 18, our success depends on us learning to do what we're supposed to. From age 18 onwards, our success depends on us unlearning what we are supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he said, obedience Conformity and risk avoidance are useful for playground survival, but diagnosis for adult life. So one of the other students who happens to be in college, second year of college, she said, what he's saying kind of makes sense, but kind of doesn't. Success has a different meaning to every individual. Mm -hmm. To me, success is doing the things that you want in life and not feeling like you have to do anything to please other people. Success is personal. Yes. So, so the cool part to me is how first, when she first started off, you can see she's thinking. She's like, oh, this makes sense. This doesn't make, you know, she's struggling with it a little. And then she got to what her answer was. Which, which was the opposite of what we teach. Because we teach a definition of success, usually affiliated with wealth. Um, and status and measurement of things that external, we can externally see. And so she had to take a moment to say, wait a minute, that's not, I, I don't buy into that. And many of us, as you know, as we get older in life, we come to that conclusion and begin to step off the boat going, you know what? This is how we develop into our authentic self is to say, 
I don't meet that measurement or I don't, you know, I'm not going to be whatever external measurement, whether it be looks, whether it be wealth, whether it be status, whether it be whatever. Um, and I find we're in that moment of decision of what we culturally are going to decide. Are we going to keep framing it under this external? But I, we also chose, we actually voted with our feet to stay home and say, people are more important than money. We yeah. decided, the 96% of us that were not going to get very sick, decided that those 4% that were gonna be so impacted, who had compromised systems, who were older, who were obese, who had risk factors, we decided that they were more important. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is really awesome. All right, I gotta share one more of these from another college student. And she essentially said, I guess, I think that success depends on each person and the individual goals they have set out for themselves someone could view success for themselves as getting a stable job and raising a family while also while someone else could view success as traveling the world and experiencing new cultures and never settling down so i guess success is being able to envision a life and create goals for yourself and work towards accomplishing them in whatever way works best for you so i love how they just they started off one way and then how they came down. So that's to, to me, and I know already to you, that's us parents just getting out of the way, going back to that quote. Yeah. Create the conditions for them to thrive. And be the learner. Yeah. We've got to step back and be the learner. We cannot keep teaching according to our model of what we, and framework. We, we missed an entire economic opportunity by shaping our kids into this uh, school system's uh, goal to produce them to get to college, which was another system that produces them supposedly to get a full-time job, which is not happening because the average full-time job is 2.8 years for people who are 25 to 34, without teaching them the reality. We want what should be, not what is. But we have to step out of the way and see our children as they are, not as we choose them to be based on what satisfies our needs. Well, what a great way to end that particular stat you just used. I definitely want to pick up on that in our next segment. So thank you everyone for joining Pam and I and queued up with Pam and Ziz. You can definitely follow us on Instagram, uh, our website, if you go to our website, q-edup.com, you will be able to find all of the different platforms that we are communicating on. So again, thank you, Pam. I look forward to our next segment. I do too. I do too. And also send questions. We're interested in what you would like us to talk about and converse about. That's, uh, that's why we're here. The whole program is about, let's start talking about this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone.